Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to episode two of the False Nine podcast, live on the Athletes Hub, Facebook, and Twitter, where we talk all things soccer. Let me tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat this week because you have two absolute diehard Manchester United fans who cannot wait to talk about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. My name is Luke Jobson. To my left, right on the screen, or upside down here in Australia, it is Tyler McDonald joining us for the first time. Tyler, how are you, mate? I'm doing well. How are you, friend? I'm here. I'm, I'm living the dream. It's bright. It's early. It, it's everything we love to see. Um, obviously, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, we are The Athlete Hub. Chuck us a follow. Chuck us a subscribe. If you like our content, I'm sure you guys know what to do. This isn't rocket science. You've been here before. We're going to jump straight into it, mate, because um, Ollie's at the wheel, at the wheel. Ollie's at the wheel. Did you get a chance to watch the game? Did Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even get through this. I didn't. I, I left at halftime. I couldn't finish it. I, I I don't blame you, mate. It 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 wasn't pretty. A five 0 loss to Liverpool after a pretty lucky win in Europe earlier in the week. We I say we Manchester United have Tottenham, Atalanta away, and then Man City is the next three games. At what point, despite what the board is saying, despite what the players are saying, at what point does Ole Gunnar Solskjaer get the sack? Because I think he's got to win at least two of the next three to, to hang around probably until Christmas. Yeah, I mean, see, when, when, it, when Ole first took over as caretaker, I wrote an article about how he should become manager and – I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back on what I said then because Ollie has just been severely disappointing. Uh, he, he, there's been moments of promise and then there's been moments of just absolute failure. And sometimes he just looks lost. Like like you said, the midweek lucky win, he started uh, a not not the lineup we needed against Atlanta, and he put McTominay and Fred in, and then he goes back in and he plays that same exact lineup against Liverpool, and that is just the icing on the cake. You have players like Pogba and Sancho and Van de Beek sitting on the bench for this big game, and he runs this lineup, and we get absolutely embarrassed in the first half, and I, I think I, I'm I'm just really disappointed with the board for not sacking him after that game immediately. I, I, I think if you lose to your rivals in that kind of fashion, that you shouldn't you shouldn't be manager the next day. I, I mean, that's that that I don't think we've ever. I've as long as I've been a United fan, I've never seen a five 0 defeat to Liverpool like ever. <laughs> so like I don't know if that's ever happened, but like, uh, hey, we'd have to be diving into the history books for for that one. But yeah, it's yeah. it's not pretty. It, it, it's really not pretty. There's, it, it's hard to kind of justify having Oli as manager now. He yeah, for for as much as he can say, yep, I'm still the right guy. I'm still the right guy. It's season three, and there's too many ebbs and flows. There's, there's too many you know, form reversals. That it's already been what twice this year that we've seen United have a couple of really good games. And then have a scrappy game, and then they'll lose to West Ham in the Carabao Cup. To, uh, 
it there's too much uncertainty and yeah you know, last week on the show that that you can find on on the athletes hub youtube channel yeah john o john o and i were talking about the fact that look it, you know i th- i said ronaldo was a good signing I agree. I thought Ronaldo was a great signing. It may have been more romantic than it was practical, but I thought it was a good signing. But the more John I was talking about it, and yeah, he made some incredibly valid points, the more it's like, does essentially what could be a one-year wonder prevent the development and the growth of the likes of Marcus Rashford, who's now not getting any game time? Does prevent the growth of Mason Greenwood, who's now shoved out wide? instead of playing as a high nine, do, does it take a spot away from maybe a McTominay who, you know, for all the crap he just put on him for 60 seconds, is a really good player, but he hasn't be gelled. He, oh, very much so, but he hasn't gelled with the Ronaldo style of play. Yeah. So it, uh, it's a hard one. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll ask you. Ollie out, who's in? It's tough. I've, I've been seeing a lot of people, like a lot of fans want Zidane and a lot of, and there's a lot of fans who want Conte. Uh, and I think both of them, I, I honestly, I would take either of them at this point. I think Conte adds a little bit more of tactical stability. Zidane might, he might win the locker room pretty easily because Zidane's, you know, regarded as one of the greatest players of all time. But at Real Madrid, he really just had one of the best teams of all time. He just said, Here's my best lineup. Here's Ronaldo, Bale, Benzema, Modric. Like, he had an incredible lineup, Sergio Ramos. Like, it, to not win games with that team would have been a disaster for him. So I think if United is to sack Ollie, they need to bring in someone like Conte. I don't know if Conte is the right guy because I'm seeing reports like people don't necessarily want that style of play because of Mourinho and they're feeling like it's going to be just a Mourinho 2.0. But – I mean, each week I'm seeing United not have, like, proper tactics. I don't think we need to play two DMs when we have players like Bruno and Pogba. Pogba should not have been benched for that game. I don't understand why he was benched. Um, Sancho is not getting a run of games like he should. Granted, Greenwood's been playing phenomenal off that right side, which has been kind of preventing Sancho from getting into the side. But you still got to let Sancho get get some proper game time in. Um, and then also, uh, Donny van de Beek, that's probably my biggest disappointment with Bali at this point. I've been screaming almost every game to have Donny at least play. And he just game after game just doesn't play him. And if you're going to let players like McTominay and Fred, who can be good and are good players, but are in my opinion, more squad and depth players than they are starters. If you're going to give them game time, you got to give Donny game time. You got to let him play. He signed him for a reason. You should see what he's made of. Yeah. I. I'm not going to start. Like, look, we're we're a family show here at the Athletes Hub. There, there's there's no bleep button here, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go into that one. But we could all we could take that as a nice little segue into into the se- second topic of the show, and that is our EPL early season takes. And for what it's worth, it has been a hectic, uh, an insane first nine weeks of the of the Premier League. You've had Two coaches get dropped. We've had the final, like it's happened, takeover of Newcastle United, which has raised more questions than answers. You've got West Ham in the top six. You've got Brighton in the top six. 
Norwich is still yet to win a game. Newcastle, uh, you know, they're struggling. <laughs> I mean, th after three weeks, Arsenal were below Norwich. And they're now three points outside of a European spot. Like, what have you taken out? What's your what's your surprise package so far from this EPL season? Oh, the surprise package has to be West Ham and Brighton being in European qualification spots right now. Like the top three is no surprise: Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. But uh, I mean, West Ham honestly they were playing really well at the end of last season. But Brighton's been a huge surprise. I mean, they're ahead of teams like Spurs, United, Everton, Leicester, Arsenal, Wolves. Uh, even Aston Villa, who they may have lost, um, gosh, who did Aston? Jack Grealish. Um, even though they lost Jack Grealish, they're still a quality side. But uh, honestly, I, I mean, I haven't watched any Brighton games this season, so I can't really uh, like speak on their style of play. But just like the fact that they're getting results for a side that's likely projected to be a mid-table to lower mid-table side is phenomenal for them. Yeah, very, very much. I mean, Pascal Gross has been fantastic. Ben Dunk's been great for them at the back. Um, who's their keeper? Sanchez. Sanchez has been lights out between the sticks. And they just, yeah. they, it's that, yeah, like you said, they're a really solid mid to lower mid table sort of side. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't project them for relegation, but like, like here they are over, overperforming by far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, only the two losses today. The, you know, the only the only teams with less uh, less defeats are Chelsea, City, and Liverpool, who who we get to lose. And yeah, West Ham currently in qualification for a uh, for a Champions League spot. Wouldn't that be a sight? Seeing yeah. <laughs> Champions League football in London next year. Do you think that? Do you think they'll hold a European spot uh, by no. the end of the end of the season now? <laughs> that'd be incredible <laughs> that'd be incredible oh i'd love it i'd love to see <laughs> someone that's not the big six in european football i mean i think we're going to our i mean arsenal man united and spurs are all underperforming this season it's not going to shock me if we see west ham finish in the top six it's not going to shock me if leicester or everton finish in the top six um i mean it's not it will shock me if spurs man united and arsenal all three don't make top six, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I, I'd love to see Everton get in from, from the prospect and the perspective of just how good they've been this year with the signings they had. They got Townsend on a free. Damari Gray was, one, was a $1.5 million transfer, I think. And they have been two of their best, if not their best, players this year. Richarlison yeah. has had his moments but has been injured. DCL was lights out early in the year, got hurt. But Damari Gray and uh, Andreas Townsend have been just fantastic for them. So from that perspective, yeah, I'd love to see them get in. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And yeah, call this a hot take. I would not be surprised if Arsenal somehow found a way to get in that top six. Based on how they're playing now and the direction in which United and Tottenham are trending, I, I agree with you. And and it's crazy to me how far apart Arsenal was from getting there at the beginning of the season. Their start to the season was shambolic. Like they 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 looked like they were destined for a 
one of the worst seasons in their history mm. at the beginning of this season. Yeah, but very, very much so. But they're starting to scrape results together, and and you know it might be a start of a turn of a tide now. I don't know. I, I would hate I mean, to see it. I I I'd be honest with you, I hate to see it, but. <laughs> Ah, uh, I mean, you're not wrong, but outside of the top four, they've had the the best last five games. You know, only City, Liverpool, and Chelsea have had better. You know, they're, they're running into some form. Even even Wolves, w- winning three of their last four, undefeated yeah, yeah. last four. Palace, yep. granted, they're down the bottom, but Palace undefeated in their last four. Who... Looking at the bottom of the table, you got Norwich, who I think we all just agreed gone. They're Forget gone about it. Yeah. Yep. Newcastle and Burnley are currently in the relegation zone, a game back from Leeds United. Then you got that little cluster of Southampton, Palace, Villas hanging around there. Uh, they're all you know, within two games of the relegation zone. That's probably going to be the battle. There, those you know, those six teams. Who goes down with Norwich? It would be, it'd be a shame to not see what Newcastle is going to do next season with the financial takeover if they're not in the prem. So I'd love to see Newcastle stay above. Um, I I think they will. I think Newcastle will find a way to finish somewhere in the sixteenth, fifteenth range. Um, I think Burnley will go down. I, I think Burnley's had a they, – they've been in the – they they didn't just come up. They've been in the Prem for a little bit. I've been around for six or seven years now. Yeah. So I, I feel like I, there's always like one one or two teams that are newly promoted teams that usually stay up. And I think Brentford is going to stay up. I don't think Brentford's going to go down. Um, I, I think Southampton might go down this year as well. Burnley and I'm I'm going to call Burnley and Southampton as my other two with Norwich. Ooh. I just I, I just don't see Leeds going down. Uh, I uh, I feel like Leeds is going to find a way to stay afloat. I mean, quite possibly. You, you know, the Huddersfield fans would be pissing themselves laughing if Leeds end up doing that. <laughs> that would be that would be something. Didn't Leeds finish what like they finished top ten last year, didn't they? Yeah, I think it was eighth. Eighth, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So, it'd be it'd be it'd be a big turn of events if they went down. I think. I think oh, Southampton's yeah. kind of been trending in that direction for their last few years, so it would not surprise me. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how he goes. I'm I'm still waiting for another Watford coach to be sacked. <laughs> that that's an absolute basket case. The fact that Watford seemingly, no matter what the result is, go through every year and sack their manager. Yeah. I, I, I don't get that. Watford has been such an interesting team to look at over the last few years. Interesting is not the word I want to use, but hey, <laughs> more power to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the topic of interesting... Coming out, it it was going to happen at some point. No, no coach that brings Martin Brathwaite to Barcelona <laughs> deserves to be the manager. There's nothing against Brathwaite, but come on, come yeah. on now. No, I, I'm with you. 
Now, the the very active rumours at the moment is that Xavi is next in line. Um, yeah, he's been doing wonders for his club in Saudi Arabia, and apparently, as we speak, he's on a private jet to Barcelona to to see the powers that be. Hot takes for any for anyone who's out there. You heard it here first. Xavi is on the plane. Um, it just it had to happen. It really had to happen. Barcelona have looked to shell themselves. Yes, I know finance. You know their finances. It meant they lost Messi, and we said it last week. No Messi, no title. But it, yeah, that last week was the icing on the cake. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, at some point, it doesn't matter if the if the finances aren't there. If you're a club like Barcelona, I mean, same goes for a club like Man United. If you're a club that big, that stature, the results got to come, and your academy's got to be helping out too. Like. Let's not pretend Barcelona didn't have a fantastic academy. They had, Ch- they had Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, um, I believe Poyol came through the academy. Like They had so many quality players back in the day coming through their academy. And now what, what do they have coming out? Like, they don't – like, we haven't heard anybody – Ansu Fati, I don't know if he came through their academy, but he's like one of their young players right now, one of their young stars. He has, he's wearing the 10 now. But I, there's not a lot of – there's not a lot of players that I've been hearing about at Barcelona that are jumping off the page in terms of youth development. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's something that should have been coming for months. I'm currently now going through the ESPN article written by Graham Hunter. And yeah, I mean, it all started in April, really. Yeah, they, they took one point from their last three home games. They, yeah. they, they lost by three points last year so i mean you win one of those home games and you're pretty well there um you know senior players around barca last april were saying that they you know they don't didn't think that this version of barca this version of Komen was gonna was gonna win a was gonna win all the league a title sure enough it didn't but I, yeah i i don't know i think <laughs> If they'd done it at the end of the season, Komen might have been able just to walk away and be like, yep, okay, no worries, whatever. But now Barca have fired him. They've got to pay him out. And this is coming at a time where they absolutely need the change in manager. But they, they need every single they can get. <laughs> like, they, were stro- they had senior players that basically take a 50% pay cut just so they could register everyone that they needed to to start the season hours before yeah. game day one this year. It, I mean, the way the whole messy situation was handled was just terrible. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. It's going to take a lot, honestly, for Barcelona to kind of get back financially where they were. I think it's going to – I think it's going to – we're going to – we're going to see something we haven't seen in a long time or I've never seen, and that's going to be Barcelona struggling to come back to dominance. I think Barcelona is going to be a good three or four years before they're back on top. I think, I think Real Madrid's going to win that league. I think Atletico is going to be really competitive. I think they'll find a way to like be competitive by the end of the season, but I don't think we're going to see the same Barcelona that was just giving out 5-0 results to every team that wasn't a top five La Liga team. 
yeah. I mean, they're going to have to. You got they're currently ninth. Wow, they're ninth. Didn't realize they're going that badly. Ninth on the, yeah. on the La Liga table, nine points behind Real Sociedad, who currently are nine points behind Real Sociedad. Wow, six points behind second. Grant, yeah, granted, Sociedad have a game, yeah, are a game up, but yeah, six, even if they win, that's six points behind the leaders. You got Real Madrid in second, Sevilla in third, Real Betis in fourth, Rio Vallecano. Who typically are, are cellar dwellers are in fifth with then Atletico and who is that? Osuna, who only just came up. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's so, that going to show the state that Barcelona is in, hearing all those teams above them. Like, I know it's early in the season, they'll probably finish above those teams, but just the fact that it's even happening right now. Yeah. It's, again, yeah, a quarter, not over a quarter of the way through La Liga, and they're struggling. I mean, Barcelona yeah, was the was the golden standard like five, six years ago. They were the team that you wanted to be. You wanted to be like Barcelona. Team, yeah, team you wanted to be, the team you had to be. Yeah. My no, almighty have fallen. Oh, Shabby, my friend, you have a lot of work to do if you think that – Oh, do you think they'll succeed there? Yeah, yeah. It's it's shabby. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Like, he's he's got a great football mind. You need a great football mind. You need an attacking mindset, and he has both. I haven't yeah. seen a lot of it as a coach, but a first-time manager goes to Saudi Arabia and just absolutely wipes the floor with everyone. Saudi Arabia, while it's not the greatest league, it's stupidly competitive. Yeah. If he can go to Saudi Arabia and do that, I think he brings the exact same tactics over to Spain. And we'll see if it works too. I, I mean, I, I'm rooting for him. I love I love Chavi. I love him. Shame we don't love Oli. But anyways, yeah, I'll, uh... I love him <laughs> as a player. He will always he'll always live in my heart as a player. All right. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, last topic, and I'll, I'll straight up say it, it shouldn't feel like this needs to be a topic, but it's just so unspoken about. And the right. fact that, yeah, Josh Cavallo, who, uh, you know, play, plays in the A-League, plays for Adelaide United, came out. As gay yesterday morning, local time, or two days ago local time. Yeah, it sh- it shouldn't need to be a topic. Fa- fact of the matter is that you know no one should have to feel like they need to come out and hope that they are accepted because of who they sleep with. But you know it that's the case. It happens in in football. It happens in the NFL. Uh, can't remember the last time. Uh, an active NBA player came out as, yeah, you know, came out with anything since Magic, I think. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that one. Um, but you know, no, no matter what the stigma is or anything, like, yeah, you know, massive credit to him because uh, 
you know, footballers, you know, they lead a privileged life and we as fans get to see what they do every day and, you know, get, we see the good and the bad. So, you know, a big credit to him who, you know, for to Josh for essentially trying to break that stigma. Yeah, and I I completely agree with you about how it it doesn't it shouldn't have to be news. And at this point, it is because it's the first of it happening. I, I'm hoping for a change in the the culture and the in just in the world in general. Because I mean, football is the biggest sport in the world and the most popular by far. So the fact that this is the first active player, professional player, to have come out is is really really shocking to me because of how many just vast numbers there are like that just goes to show how many feel the need to keep that information private or just feel the need to like hide that part of their lives and i just want i want there to be a world where people don't have to feel the need to like talk about it all the time and feel comfortable just being who they are and people accepting that regardless of whatever you know so completely agree with you at that point um super happy for him that he was able to come out and had this like very warm welcoming atmosphere so i'm very very happy for him and super proud of him for being the first to do it um but i'm hoping for a world where this doesn't have to be news yeah yeah exactly and yeah the club has been super great around it the aussie football community jumped on it you've seen tweets come out all over you know clubs across Europe, clubs across the world, players like Zlatan have all come out tweeting you know, messages of support. And, you know, yeah, the soccer fraternity has been insane. Yeah, in the in there, just incredible response to it. So, you know, to to the whole soccer world, well done. You know, yeah. you've you've shown everyone how well, I say how to handle it. This shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a need <laughs> to handle it. it. It should be. Okay, he's yeah, great. But you know, we're not unfortunately we're not at the stage in our world yet where where people readily accept that. And it's taken for, for lack of a better term, a player from a lesser league to do it. Yeah. To to get the ball rolling, but hopefully from there. Yeah, hopefully yeah, hopefully I'm, we see some bigger names, you know, some 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 more prominent kind of figures come out. And that that would like really kind of make people feel more comfortable. Yeah, like this isn't something that should have to be hidden. Yeah, who, who, I agree. who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. But you know, I mean, look, just yeah, credit credit to him because I know it's still a touchy subject for some people. Um, and yeah, it is a hard one to to navigate in the sense of well, you know, I mean, yeah, it's still a very uh, taboo topic in yeah. in locker room, not professional locker rooms. But you know, with with you know everything that that's going on in the world right now, it, it's great to see. Yeah, it's great to see everyone get behind Josh, and I'm sure he'll come back and you know play this season for Adelaide United and just absolutely smash it. Got no doubt whatsoever. But that will do it. Episode two, done and dusted for the False Nine podcast. Tyler, you're back with us next week, aren't you? Surely? I, sh- I should be there. Should be. I'm not busy uh, next week, so should be there. Uh, you can lock it in 4 p.m. Eastern time on the U.S. coast next Thursday. 
that's the right way. He's Tyler McDonald. I am Luke Jobson. Thank you for watching. We will catch you guys next time.